0: Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at ExpressVPN.com Ben. It's finally here, the best deal of the year. 50% off new Daily Wire plus annual memberships. Now is the time. Go to DailyWire.com slash subscribe to join right now. The story of the current Israel-Hamas conflict happens to be extremely simple. Hamas is a genocidal Jew-hating organization that openly seeks the extermination of Israel. This makes it only the latest and most radical iteration of a radical Muslim movement that has sought Israel's destruction since long before Israel was even born. That mission has not waned in the 76 years of modern Israel's existence. Unfortunately, that mission also happens to be the passionate belief of a vast majority of Muslims living in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Israel, by contrast, is a democracy, the world's only Jewish state, and has repeatedly sought to make land for peace deals with Arab countries and organizations. Those concessions have brought Israel no friends in the West Bank or Gaza Strip. Far from it. Concessions have generally emboldened Israel's enemies. That's exactly what happened in the Gaza Strip. In 2005, Israel pulled out of Gaza in an attempt to stop the costs in blood and treasure associated with policing the area. All Jewish assets in the Gaza Strip were promptly destroyed by Palestinian Arabs. Elections were then held in the Gaza Strip, and Hamas was elected. To lead the Gaza Strip, they promptly consolidated their control by killing members of the Palestinian Authority. They then stole as much international aid as they could to build rockets and terror infrastructure, ignoring the needs of their population entirely. And then they launched repeated rocket attacks on Israeli civilians. For the last two and a half years or so, as Hamas itself says, the organization attempted to deceive Israel into believing it had been deterred from large-scale terrorist action. Then, on October 7th, Simchat Torah, the happiest day in the Jewish calendar, at least 1,500 Hamas terrorists and many civilian fellow travelers crossed the Israeli border by breaching the border wall around Gaza and killed some 1,200 Israelis in their beds, at a music festival and elsewhere. They raped women, then murdered them or dragged them in captivity back to Gaza. They kidnapped or slaughtered babies. Here is video from the Gaza Strip as members of Hamas arrived back in the Strip with their captives. If you can't see this, this is enormous crowds of people cheering and celebrating, excited at the slaughter of civilians and the kidnapping of other civilians. Does this look like a does this look like a peaceful population? A population seeking peace and coexistence? Look at the excitement, look at the celebration. People screaming Allahu Akbar as hostages are driven away, including the bodies of people being beaten in the streets. Gaza and the West Bank are not filled with moderate Muslims. Far from it. Gaza and the West Bank are filled with people who despise the state of Israel and agree wholeheartedly with Hamas's genocidal aims. This is, in essence, the entire problem. Were these areas filled with moderate Muslims, Israel might find a peace partner. That peace partner does not exist. As a new poll from the Arab World for Research and Development shows, 75% of those polled in the Gaza Strip and West Bank supported the October 7th massacre. 76% support Hamas. 98% have a negative view of America. 78% believe in the total extermination of Israel altogether. As the old saw goes, if the Palestinians were to put down their arms tomorrow, they would have a state. If Israel were to put down its arms tomorrow, all the Jews would be dead. So if the conflict is that clear cut, why does it seem so complex? The answer is a strategy undertaken by the radical Muslim world, its far left allies, some far right allies, and the international media. The strategy is called baffling with bulls. Here's how it works. First, you construct institutions that mirror your perspective so as to create an echo chamber. For example, you take over or create pseudo-human rights organizations dedicated to promoting the anti-Israel point of view. Then you trot them out routinely in order to claim that, despite all evidence, Israel is the real threat to human rights. So how can you tell which human rights organizations are biased and illegitimate? It's not that hard. If you're a human rights organization, presumably you should have had some pretty strong condemnation of Hamas' assault on Jews, the worst assault since the Holocaust, or Hamas's handling of the Gaza Strip, which is terroristic and fascistic. Here is a partial list of those who have been extraordinarily weak in their condemnations of Hamas or who have engaged in full-scale moral equivalence with Israel's defensive actions in Gaza. UNICEF Chief Catherine Russell, Amnesty International, WHO Chief Tedros Ghebreyesus, the International Committee of the Red Cross, UN Commissioner on Human Rights Volker Turk, the UN Relief and Works Agency, Save the Children, Doctors Without Borders, UN Special Reporter Francesca Albanese, Human Rights Watch, Oxfam, the Open Society Foundations, the list of such organizations goes on and on and on. And of course, this sort of attitude is extraordinarily common in the legacy media, as we've been detailing for weeks on this program. Now, once you have your mouthpieces, the true magic begins. You begin the baffling. Here's how you do it. You obscure the main story entirely. Instead, you focus in on the details so as to avoid discussing the main story altogether. You try to discredit a single detail from Israel, and then you use it to suggest that everything emerging from Israel is false, despite the fact that Israel has a robust free press and routinely admits to mistakes, and despite the even more obvious fact that Israel's enemies routinely lie. That is, lying, in fact, is a key part of their strategy. Take, for example, MSNBC's Medi Hassan, a consistently propagandistic opponent of Israel all the way back to his days at Al Jazeera. Here he was last week, suggesting that because the Israel government's public relations team may have mislabeled a calendar, In their expose on Hamas' terror tunnels beneath Al-Shifa Hospital, this means that Israel is a totally unreliable source on everything. Here he is. I agree with you. We shouldn't blindly believe anything Hamas says.
1: But why should we believe what your government says either? Your military spokesman on Monday pointed to an Arabic document in the basement of a Gaza hospital and claimed it was a guardian list on which every terrorist writes his name. But that was false. It was just a calendar with the days of the week on it. Your colleague in the prime minister's office, Ophir Gendelman, posted behind the scenes footage from a Lebanese short film and claimed it was Palestinians in Gaza faking their own injuries. That tweet is still up a
0: week later. That is endless disinformation from your government, is it not? Endless disinformation and misinformation, according to Mehdi Hassan. Endless. The goal there, of course, is to create an equivalence between Israel's sources of information and Hamas's and to minimize what al-Shifa was. Remember, the thing he's talking about there is a calendar found in a terror tunnel below al-Shifa hospital. And this has been a bugaboo for the media for a long time. They've been claiming that al-Shifa is not a military site, that it is, in fact, a civilian site. And Israel has no actual military interest in al-Shifa other than human rights violation. Why do they believe that? Because they just listen to whatever Hamas says and then repeat it. And then when Israel claims differently, they say, well, we just don't know. Now, here's the thing. Of course, al-Shifa was a military site. It was used as such. Here is surveillance footage from the day of the attacks. These, you will see, are hostages being ushered into the hospital by the terrorists into this amazing hospital. That is a pure medical site, a civilian site. These are hostages who are being ushered into this hospital. One of these hostages, by the way, was an Israeli soldier, a female Israeli soldier who was slightly wounded. They found her body the other day. She'd been murdered by Hamas. Here you can see the medical personnel helping to usher these people in. These people wearing scrubs, ushering in members of Hamas with hostages. By the way, they drove past a bunch of hospitals to get to Al Shifa. This is not... A bunch of medical personnel who are deeply concerned about helping the medical situation of the hostages, who, by the way, would have been much better off if they'd been left in Israel, which is why when Yahya Sinwar, the head of Hamas, had brain cancer, Israel treated him and then released him. In any case, you can see these are members of the medical personnel at Al-Shifa who are helping Hamas and then were lying to the media about it, pretending that it was a pure medical site. They were all complicit. The International Red Cross knows about this. Human Rights Watch knows about this. They all lie. They all know that Hamas is operating from al-Shifa. They worked with them. And then they told the media lies about it. And then the media ran with that story. Here are witnesses from al-Shifa, whose names cannot be revealed because they will be killed, talking about how the base was used as a base by Hamas says, if the Jews dropped an atom bomb on Shifa hospital, it would be a slaughter of global proportions, but they don't do such things. So Hamas's Qassam fighters enter among us civilians so the Jews can't get to them. And nobody can tell on them. When I went to Shifa, I found Qasam fighters all around. That's Hamas. Next to us, in front of us, behind us, over and under us. Isn't that forbidden in Islam? Isn't that oppression of civilians? Every Palestinian knows Shifa Hospital is full of them. But nobody can talk. Death by the Jews is better than death by ISIS. The night I spent at Shifa, I thought would be the last night of my life. Judging from the terrible carnage that happened and the shelling around us. I felt it was our day of judgment. Only we were being judged on account of people who had never protected us. They only protected their families and children they brought to safety outside of Gaza or underneath us, God knows where, while everything always fell on us. Let me tell you for certain, our people will bear poverty, hunger and thirst as long as Hamas gets out of here. From the day they arrived, we've endured catastrophe. As what people in Gaza, some of them at least, actually think about Hamas, but they'll never say it. And the truth is that when it comes down to it, this is a minority viewpoint. This is a minority viewpoint. But the big story, obviously, For Mehdi Hassan, is whether Israel is disseminating endless misinformation about a calendar on the wall of a terror tunnel and whether it kept track of terrorist hostage handlers or not. It's not just Mehdi Hassan playing the baffling with bull game. It's the usual suspects at CNN, too. CNN reported over the weekend that the IDF, in showing the media the weaponry found at Al-Shifa, quote, might have rearranged weaponry prior to exposing that weaponry to the media. The implication from CNN is that Israel was falsifying something, which is absurd, Anytime the DEA makes a bust and then shows the drugs on the table, they have rearranged the drugs. Were Israel to leave all weaponry in place, that would be dangerous, given that booby traps have already killed or wounded a high number of Israeli soldiers. We've seen this sort of game laundered into false accusations by pro-Hamas forces that real photos of burned babies are, in fact, AI-generated images. The insistence by pro-Hamas propagandists that if babies were mostly burned alive rather than beheaded, this somehow means Israel is dishonest and Hamas is its moral equivalent. And now, most amazingly, people are claiming that Hamas didn't even conduct the massacre at all. That is a contention making its way around the internet and the Arabic world thanks to a report from Haaretz, a far-left disgrace of an Israeli publication. That story from Haaretz states that according to Israeli officials, Hamas terrorists initially did not know about the music festival they ended up devastating. That instead, they, quote, found out about the Nova Festival through drones or from those flying in parachutes and directed terrorists to the location using their comms system. That report also included a single unsourced police allegation that an IDF helicopter targeting terrorists at the site, quote, apparently harmed a few partygoers who are in the area. The police have, by the way, denied the report saying, quote, the police investigation does not refer to the activity of IDF forces and therefore no indication was given of harm to civilians as a result of aerial activity at the site. Nonetheless, that Haaretz report has now metastasized into the pro-Hamas lie that Israel slaughtered its own citizens en masse. The most viral Twitter account on Twitter, tweeted yesterday, quote, will you condemn Israel now, given they have admitted to Haaretz that Israeli helicopters murdered Israeli civilians on October 7th? Yesterday, the Palestinian Authority, this is the supposedly moderate peace partner the Biden administration is pushing, announced that Israeli helicopters had killed all 364 people at the music festival, citing the report in Haaretz. No surprise there, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, again, a supposed moderate, Mahmoud Abbas, is a full-scale Holocaust denier. The baffling with bullshit isn't relegated to focusing on details and then blowing them up into entire false narratives. It also extends to giving credence to total liars. That's precisely why the legacy media claimed that Israel had bombed a hospital early in the conflict when it was Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Why the legacy media have claimed each and every day that electricity was out at Al-Shifa, when clearly by contemporaneous footage, it was not. That Israel is targeting civilians when it isn't. In fact, as journalist David Collier points out, The media routinely use accounts from open terror supporters for their Gaza coverage. Dr. Khaled Abu Samra, who claimed that Israel was shooting at those waving white flags, posted that, quote, history is being made on October 7th. Mohammed Abu Salmiya, head of Shifa Hospital, who routinely praises terrorists on his social media, is also routinely quoted by the press. Munir al-Borsh, director general of the Palestinian Health Ministry, who claimed dogs were eating bodies of civilians. That guy is literally part of the Hamas government. And there's one other element to baffling with both. pretending you just don't know enough to make a judgment between Israel and its enemies. Who knows what's true and what's not? It's all just too complicated to say. This allows journalists who are supposed to be focused on truth to give equal credence to propagandists and truth-tellers. Both sides, they cry as they host people who openly call for the destruction of the state of Israel and valorize Hamas. It doesn't take much to turn a clear narrative into a muddy one. Just some lies, some laser-like focus on irrelevant detail, an echo chamber, some shoulder-shrugging ignorance when questioned, and a lot of radical and fellow travelers to promote all of that bull. From these elements, truth can be turned to falsehood, and we're watching it happen in real time. In just a second, we'll get to some actual good news from Argentina. First, if you're looking for a killer Black Friday deal, I have one for you. It's a free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no training necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gigs of data, and get all of that for just 35 bucks. and you'll get the Moto G 5G phone for free. The new Moto G 5G boasts a two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. It's a great deal, but you need to move fast because these phones will be sold out by the end of the month. So, if your current phone is on the way out, upgrade for free with PureTalk. PureTalk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price, so make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com Shapiro, get this exclusive offer, select the plan, that's right for your family. That's puretalk.com Shapiro. Claim that free Moto G 5G phone with a qualifying plan. Again, that's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. I've been using Pure Talk for all of my calls for at least a year at this point. And I got to tell you, the calls are crystal clear. They are excellent. They have a great tower network. And again, I'm saving time, saving money. And most importantly, not supporting a company that hates my guts. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro. Also, you know, one thing that I really hate in life, vegetables, they're, they're just, they, they taste bad. They're bad. I, I, You know, there are questions about God's existence. Most of the questions I have center on why vegetables taste bad, but everything that's bad for you tastes really good. Well, in order to solve that conundrum, that cosmic conundrum, I've relied on balance of nature, fruits and veggies. They're a great way to make sure you're getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Balance of nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing their natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, well, you know, fruits and veggies. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Balance of Nature actually sent a bunch of fruit and veggie capsules down to the studio for my team to try. Everybody is feeling brighter, healthier, sunnier, more energetic. Go check them out right now. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first Order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro. Get 35% off your first preferred order. I rely on them. You can do the same. Go to balanceofnature.com, use promo code Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy they will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text BEN to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text BEN to 989898. 98 98. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I can tell you, that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so in actual good news, Last night, Argentina shocked the world by electing a libertarian outsider named Javier Milei. Now, Milei is by far the most entertaining person in the world. I mean, like in on the planet, Javier. This guy is wildly entertaining. Not only because he happens to be extremely conservative, and we say he's libertarian, not an abortion, he ain't. He is a full-scale proponent of the pro-life position. For example, he also does not happen to be particularly libertarian on certain forms of drug use, for example. So the the description of him as a libertarian is not quite right. He's actually just a classical liberal with very conservative undertones in terms of religion and the importance of culture. He's great, in other words. So he won a huge victory yesterday in Argentina's presidential election, vowing to halt decades of economic decline in a country reeling from triple-digit inflation. Inflation right now is at 143%, which means that pretty much every day, everything gets more expensive, and that becomes a spiral. This is according to the AFP. With 55.7% of the vote, Millet thumped his rival, economy minister Sergio Massa, who won 44% of the vote and rapidly conceded defeat. Millet said in his victory speech, quote, today begins the reconstruction of Argentina. Today begins the end of Argentina's decline. The model of decadence has come to an end. There is no way back. Latin America's third biggest economy has suffered decades of crises under interventionist governments big on welfare that resort to printing money, to finance spending, fueling inflation, while borrowing heavily only to default on their debt. Access to dollars is strictly controlled, leading to a thriving black market for greenbacks. Analysts warn the peso is ripe for a sharp devaluation. So despite all of the inflation that's been taking place, actually, the peso is still worth too much money because you can't trade it for U.S. dollars. If you could trade it for U.S. dollars, that means the peso is worth even less money. Miele's main platform has been a plan to ditch the peso for the U.S. dollar and dynamite the central bank to do away with the cancer of inflation. Now, the problem is they don't have enough dollars to inject into the economy right away. So in order to really do that, they're going to have to reestablish credit worthiness. They're probably going to have to borrow a bunch of new money from the IMF, from the International Monetary Fund. However, Millet is just the guy to do this sort of stuff. He is incredibly bold. He also has suggested that he wants to cut ties on a governmental level with Brazil and China, saying he would not do business with communists. Now, it's going to be rough on on an interpersonal and, and business level to do that sort of thing. And he has vowed that he's not going to do that. However, he is very much oriented toward the West, which means that the, the press hate him. That's the way that this works. If you're Jair Bolsonaro and you're very oriented toward the West, you like the United States, for example, you like Israel, you like Europe, that means that you're super bad. If you're Lula da Silva, who is an actual tyrant in Brazil and who loves Russia and who loves China and who loves Iran, then you're good, according to the international press. Again, the media, the international media, are a gar- they are a smoking garbage heap or run by activists from the left, which is why they hate Javier Mille. We're going to bring you more on Javier Millet in a second because this dude is just spectacular. I, I got to say, Javier Millet, he's great. He's great. We'll get to that in one second. First, think about the memories you're going to make during these holidays with those you love. Those moments around the dinner table, flag football out in the yard, or a 5K turkey trot early in the morning now. Imagine being able to relive those holidays past with your own family. Recording a lifetime of memories used to be commitment. Camcorders cost thousands of dollars. Tapes were expensive. Cameras required film and development. Well, Legacy Box exists to preserve your family's recorded moments digitally, ensuring their safety forever. Out in your garage, you've got a bunch of old film reels. Do you have a film projector? Have you been preserving that stuff? Not really. It's just sitting out there and it's getting all moldy and bugs are getting into it and stuff. Instead, send it to Legacy Box and preserve it forever. Legacy Box is a simple, safe solution for digitizing all your memories. By going to LegacyBox.com/slash you can enjoy forty percent off when you get started with Legacy Box today. The process is super simple. I've done it multiple times, done it for my parents, I've done it for my in laws, done it for myself. You send in your legacy box filled with old VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, pictures. Their team digitizes everything by hand right here in the United States. You'll get it back on the cloud or thumb drive along with your originals. Legacy Box digitizes over 15 different types of analog media. So whether it's VHS tapes, super 8 millimeter film reels, or photo negatives, they have you covered. It's a fantastic holiday gift. Legacy Box's Black Friday event is here. They're giving our listeners their best deal of the year. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Save an Unreal 65%. With limited quantities ready to ship, this deal is going to go super fast. LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro for 65% off. Again, that's LegacyBox.com slash Go check them out right now. Okay, so... I want to play some clips of Javier Mille because he is wildly entertaining. So I'm going to translate now that I speak Spanish, but the translations are available. Uh, so um, here is Javier Mille recently in an interview about the left. And uh, man, this is just, he's the most memeable person alive.
1: He Al m- no says you can't give
0: <inaudible> leftards m- left an inch. Que, digamos, says, Can you define leftists Is digamos, all o sea, collectivists, idea... all kinds Pero, of collectivists?
1: M- but why do you call a them? She asks. Because they are no, shit, he says.
0: If you think differently from them, she says.
1: He says they will kill you. This, this is the point.
0: You can't give s**t leftists an inch.
1: If you give them an inch, they will use it to destroy you. To destroy you. You.
0: you can negotiate with left
1: <laughs> You don't negotiate with
0: trash because they will end you. Okay, so that, that, is, that is who just got elected. The uh, president of Argentina. Again, very much oriented toward the United States. Uh, here he was talking about his agenda. This one is a little bit less colorful.
1: Eh, He's at our fundamental
0: axes, our free trade, peace,
1: digamos, freedom, and aligning ourselves with the West. Where the, the highest references in this.
0: For and us, are the United are States, one States, one States and Israel. And as well, for China, China, asked Bloomberg News, is it one of the main of trading the, partners? The, the as well, they will be the business, the business partners of the private sector. We do not make a pact with communists. He says, but then what would you do? In other words, would it not close Argentina's relations with China? He says, I would not promote relations ni con Cuba, ni con
1: Venezuela, ni con with communists, nor with Cuba, nor with Venezuela, nor with North Korea, o sea, nor with Nicaragua, nor with China. Política,
0: he says, so for Venezuela, you're changing policies, he says, obviously. Love it. Love it. And by the way, it's going to be a test of the Biden administration as to what they do with this guy, because if they do not immediately bring Milay and Argentina into the fold, Proof positive that this administration does not give a damn about pro-America sentiments in Latin and South America. This guy is begging for Argentina to make great friends with the United States. If Biden somehow rejects that on behalf of international leftism, it demonstrates full scale the impact of a foreign policy rooted in leftist nonsense. Meanwhile, here's me on dollarization. That, of course, would be the transfer away from the absolutely worthless Argentinian peso and toward the American dollar.
2: I think there's a previous discussion about dollarization. Actually, strictly speaking, it's to get rid of the central bank. The dollarization is an instrumental issue at the end of the day. There are four argumentative axes. One has to do with a moral issue, which is that stealing is wrong. And seniorage is nothing more or less than a swindle, by politicians against good people. Therefore, let's say, if we consider that stealing is wrong, one of the greatest thieves in the history of mankind is the central bank. The second point has to do with a technical issue, because in the Argentine case, it is more evident when a product has no demand, its price is zero. So, if the local currency has no demand, and its price should be zero, The equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wishes to impose, the counterpart is that the price level is infinite. Demand and its price should be zero. Equilibrium real balances are zero. Whatever amount of money a central bank wants to impose, the flip side is that the price level has infinity.
0: Okay, this is correct. What he's saying is you can't just pump money into the economy and then pretend that the money is worth anything. It isn't. He's staunchly anti-abortion. He favors looser gun laws. He's criticized Pope Francis in the most colorful of terms. He makes me look like a piker in that particular department. He used to carry around a chainsaw in a symbol of his plan to the government, which is just the best. It's just the best. And again, here, here's my, maybe my favorite Millet video. There are a bunch of them that are just spectacular. And, and if you've never seen a picture of Millet, he looks like dorky Wolverine. It's, it's amazing. He's got like the big hair and he's got mutton chops. And he's famously suggested that he's not cut his hair since high school. He's a, he's a very kind of Trumpy character in, in his own personal life. He's t- he used to talk pretty openly about being like a tantric sex guru and all the rest of this kind of stuff. It's, it's hysterical stuff. This is the, the video that probably of him has gone the most viral. And for those who can't see, he is standing next to a whiteboard with taped up on the whiteboard are the names of the various ministries in Argentina. And he's just going through and ripping them down and saying that he's going to throw them out. Here we go.
1: Deporte, afuera.
0: He says, Ministry of Sports and Tourism, out. Ministry of Culture,
1: Afuera. Afuera.
0: Ministry Afuera. of the Environment and Sustainable Afuera. Development,
1: Afuera. out. Ministry Afuera. of
0: Women, Genders and Diversity,
1: Afuera. out. <laughs>
0: Ministry of Public Afuera. Works. Afuera. <laughs> he says, out. even if you resist, it's stuck to the board. Afuera. Ministry of Science, Afuera. Technology Afuera. and Innovation, Afuera. Ministry, Ministry of, of Labor, of Employment, and Social Security. Minister of Education, of sports, indoctrination, afuera. out. Salud, Ministry of, of Transport, out. Ministerio Ministry of, of social Health, social. out. Afuera. Ministry of Social Development, Se out. El
1: curro de la the
0: theory of politics okay. is over. Long live damn liberty. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, he's great. Now, the reality is that he can do this. So people in America conservatives, like, why can't we do this here? And the answer is because we don't have 143% inflation. The reason that he is able to say the truth about government spending is because it has reached such an exorbitant and insane proportion that they've bankrupted the country no less than three times. They've defaulted on their debts repeatedly, which means it's impossible to raise new debt. When you keep defaulting on your debt, nobody wants to lend you money in the future. Right now, the big question is how they're going to pay back the IMF. The IMF has like a $43 billion loan out to Argentina right now. In order for Argentina to get back on some sort of decent track, they are going to have to take some new debt. The guarantee of that debt is going to be Millet's ability and willingness to cut future government spending. And this means dumping the garbage philosophy of Peronism. Now, the reason that Peronism is so important for people to understand is because Peronism is almost identical with the kind of economic policy that has been pursued by the left wing in the United States. Peronism is not communism, Peronism is not quite socialism, it's really more economic corporatism. It's the sort of thing you're seeing China pursue right now or that you saw, for example, Nazi Germany pursue. It is state-led enterprise. So the basic idea is, sure, there'll still be private businesses, but we will give them subsidies. We'll tell them how to do their business. We We will protect a few core businesses and business sectors, and we will fund them. All of our friends will get super duper rich. And if this sounds a lot like the Democratic Party policy on economics and part of the Republican Party policy on economics, frankly, that's because it is. It turns out that whether you are right or whether you are left, subsidies to political friends in order to protect particular industries, not core national security industries, but just industries that you think are special to protect certain segments of the population. It turns out they bankrupt the country. If you go back to the the original Peronist philosophy of Juan Perón, who was the left-leaning Argentinian who ran Argentina until his wife took over and then they wrote a musical about her with Madonna and all the rest of it. Peronist philosophy has dominated Argentina for literally decades. And if you go back and you actually look at the principles of Peronism, they sound very much like the modern Democratic Party. Quote, a true democracy is that in which the government does what the people want and defends only one interest, the peoples. Peronism is essentially of the common people. Any political elite is anti-people and thus not Peronist, right? It's a populist left-wing movement. A Peronist works for the movement. Whoever in the name of Peronism serves an elite or a leader is a Peronist in name only. For Peronism, there's only one class of person, those who work. Working is a right that creates the dignity of men. It's a duty because it's fair that everyone should produce as much as they consume at the very least. And then Peronism talks about how essentially you need to balance the right of the individual and society as an economic doctrine, a social market, putting capital to the service of the economy and the well-being of the people. Anybody who you've heard, by the way, right or left, talk about the idea that capitalism is really a tool The the, the markets ought to work for the people, not the other way around. That philosophy is, in essence, a Peronist philosophy. It's not the job of, quote unquote, markets to work for. Markets are not an instrument of the government. Markets are a description of relations between human beings. Markets are a description of how people trade with one another and under what conditions. Suggesting that the markets should work for the people is a Rousseauian way of describing a vague general will and then directing government power at achieving that supposed general will. And what it ends up with is massive amounts of debt. In in reality, it amounts to tremendous economic inefficiency, redistribution of resources, tremendous economic controls on industry, and as always, huge debt. Back in October, Reuters reported on the, the problems for Argentina. They pointed out, That the $600 billion economy has been engulfed by a deep crisis that involves runaway inflation, a dearth of U.S. dollar reserves, and an electorate with little trust in its currency. The country could be in danger of defaulting on that $43 billion program with the International Monetary Fund. That would actually be Argentina defaulting on its debt, not for the third time in the last couple decades, but for the 10th time overall. The government keeps on spending and spending and spending. They keep on just blowing out the debt. The, the ballooning debt pile is enormous. I mean, right now, the total outstanding government debt as of like 2023 is about $400 billion and it's rising rapidly. So, Mille is going to have his work cut out for him. Since 1980, they've been spending like drunken sailors. They've been monetizing that debt by simply issuing more pesos and then they've been defaulting on that debt. And now Mille is going to come ha- have to come in with that chainsaw, he's really not going to have a choice but to do that. And watch as the left kicks and screams. And the United States also, because they see what's coming. They see what's coming. The reality is that once you hit the situation that Argentina has now hit, you don't have a choice but to go for the chainsaw. So best of luck to Javier Millet. And again, the West ought to be embracing this guy. It is, it is an incredible judgment on the media and on the West that many of them are more comfortable with Lula da Silva in Brazil than they are with, with Javier Millet. An open ally of the United States who is desperately seeking a better relationship with the United States. The fact the media find it easier to sympathize with Lula tells you everything you need to know about the media and our modern left-wing political leadership. Millet is precisely the kind of leader that Ronald Reagan was begging for during his presidency. A democratically elected classical liberal who is seeking economic openness and freedom and to pay back the country's debts. And the media are like, I don't know, this guy seems kind of crazy. This guy seems too, too, you're hearing him described as an anarcho-capitalist. As a far right character. Um, I noticed that Argentina has 143% inflation because of the program you guys like. So now it's time to try something different. So good on Argentinians for realizing that. By the way, he was boosted to power by young people. So for all the talk about how young people have lost it, again, young people are fat and happy when the country is fat and happy. You can afford, leftism is a luxury good. You can afford leftism when your country is fat and happy. And when the rubber meets the road, reality tends to intrude rather strongly. Okay, in just one second, Elon Musk is now going to war with media matters, and I am here for it. We'll get to that momentarily first. Sleep, hard to come by these days, very stressful world, lot going on. You're getting ready for Thanksgiving. You're getting ready for Christmas. Well, if you need a better sleep quality, and I'm sure you do, why not get the best Christmas gift in the world, best Black Friday gift, and get yourself the gift of a mattress made just for you. That's Helix Mattress. I've had Helix for, I don't know, a decade at this point. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Every night when I get into bed, I'm reminded of how excellent they are. Helix is now introducing their newest, most high-end collection, the Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Go to helixsleep.com men Check out the new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, well, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. It really is excellent. It's the thing keeping me alive right now. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Black Friday. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet. It's not going to last long with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Also, with the release of our Daily Wire Black Friday shopping guide packed with the best deals of the year, like 50% off Daily Wire plus memberships, you'd think our surprises for Black Friday have already been revealed, but you are wrong. We have so many more massive surprises in store for this week. The first is what I'm especially excited about. Behold, here it is. The first ever Ben Shapiro performance polo. Look at this. The fabric is wrinkle resistant. It's got quick dry technology. You can wear it absolutely anywhere. This polo doesn't care about your feelings or your golf score. It is the perfect gift for the men on your Black Friday list. And by men, I mean men who are actual biological men. It also has some special features. So not only is it a great polo shirt, but see, here we have the Daily Wire logo. Here we have, it. and then on the inside, just for you, the greatest signature of all signatures. There it is, the signature that goes out on hundreds of paychecks each each week. Not technically, but kind of. It's the perfect gift for everyone. See all the best deals of the year inside the Daily Wire shopping guide now at dailywire.com/slash Black Friday. Okay. Meanwhile, Elon Musk is now at war with a huge swath of the left that includes, of course, the Anti-Defamation League. That's been true for a long time. But now with Media Matters, Media Matters, for those who don't know, was a group that was founded by Hillary Clinton's close advisor, David Brock. It was specifically designed at the time to be an anti-right-wing messaging machine designed to rob any sort of right-wing outlet of advertisers and profits. That is what it was designed to do. It's been very effective in that goal. And, uh, and they've been going after Elon Musk, Hammer, and Tong. And they particularly ratcheting things up over the course of the last few months because Elon is so active on Twitter. And as we talked about a little bit last week, Elon embroiled himself in a controversy because, again, he is very active on Twitter. And he sort of retweeted and restated another tweet from somebody that many people then accused of being anti-Semitic. And then he obviously clarified. He said, listen, I'm talking about the ADL. I'm talking about left wing Jews who have been very big on open borders and then suddenly are very big on not open borders the minute that it turns out a lot of the people got imported hate Jews. And he obviously was not talking about the entire Jewish community or all Jews or anything remotely like that. That is not who Elon is. I mean, I know Elon just a little bit, but the implication that Elon Musk is anti-Semitic, like the implication that Donald Trump is anti-Semitic, I find it very weird that many of the people who are jumping on that bandwagon, people like Media Matters, are very soft on actual Hamas fans. Like if you're a fan of Hamas, if you're if you're a person who's from the river to the sea, Rashida Talib, places like Media Matters will defend you. If you are a person who actively promotes terrorist entities, who actively sides with those terrorists, if you're Linda Sarsour or something, then Media Matters is like, you're you're the best, man. You're great. But if you're Elon Musk, then all of a sudden, so what that says to me is ulterior motive. They hate Elon Musk because Elon Musk just does not mirror the woke priorities of the left. So what we saw last week was yet another attempt to unperson Elon Musk, which is not going to work because he's incredibly rich and he's incredibly famous and he's incredibly valuable to a wide variety of human beings, ranging from Tesla owners to the federal government with regard to SpaceX. And so now they've been attempting to undercut him with advertisers on Twitter, now known as X. And so Elon is now pushing back on all of that. He's pushing back on all that in a few different ways. First of all, again, the, the implication that Elon Musk is an anti-Semite is, to me, quite absurd based on the rec- uh, based on the record that is currently available. And he, he literally tweeted out Just three days ago, quote, as I said earlier this week, decolonization from the river to the sea and similar euphemisms necessarily imply genocide. Clear calls for extreme violence are against our terms of service and will result in suspension. That seems like a lot more pro-Jewish than a huge majority of the people on the left who are ripping on, on Elon Musk. Well, now he has said that he is going to go nuclear on media matters. According to Politico, Musk said on Saturday he will file a thermonuclear lawsuit. Against nonprofit watchdog Media Matters and others, as companies including Disney, Apple, and IBM reportedly have paused advertising on X amid an anti-Semitism storm around the social media platform. Again, Disney, Apple, IBM, they will continue to advertise on MSNBC, which does cover for Hamas on a daily basis, presumably. Media Matters, a U.S. group that describes itself as a progressive research and information center, published earlier this week research showing that X had posted ads appearing next to neo-Nazi posts. Ex-CEO Linda Yaccarino previously said brands are now protected from the risk of being next to potentially toxic content on the platform. But Musk said the split second court opens on Monday. X Corp will be filing a thermonuclear lawsuit against media matters and all those who colluded in this fraudulent attack on our company. He posted a statement with the headline Stand With X to protect free speech. And here's what he said, quote, This week, Media Matters for America posted a story that completely misrepresented the real user experience on X in another attempt to undermine freedom of speech and mislead advertisers. Above everything, including profit, X works to protect the public's right to free speech. But for speech to be truly free, we must also have the freedom to see or hear things that some people may consider objectionable. We believe that everyone has the right to make up their own minds about what to read, watch, or listen to because that's the power of freedom of speech. Despite our clear and consistent position, X has seen a number of attacks from activist groups like Media Matters and legacy media outlets who seek to undermine freedom of expression on our platform because they perceive it as a threat to their ideological narrative and those of their financial supporters. This, of course, is 100% true. It is why you see Kara Swisher spending every waking moment of her life going after Elon Musk, going after, it was Mark Zuckerberg before. Any social media platform that does not mirror the priorities of Kara Swisher becomes a bad social media network that must be hit with advertiser boycotts. Here are the facts on Media Matters research, This is what Elon says. To manipulate the public and advertisers, Media Matters created an alternate account and curated the posts and advertising appearing on the account's timeline to misinform advertisers about the placement of their posts. These contrived experiences could be applied to any platform. So in other words, Media Matters created a false account. Then they proceeded to algorithmically figure out which tweets would be the most likely to appear in their Twitter feed if they kept accessing pro-Nazi tweets. And then when ads were served to them, they then screen capped that. Once they curated their feed, he says, they repeatedly refreshed their timelines to find a rare instance of ads serving next to the content they chose to follow. Our logs indicate they forced a scenario resulting in 13 times the number of ads served compared to the median ads served to an ex-user. Of the 5.5 billion ad impressions on X that day, less than 50 total ad impressions were served against all of the organic content featured in the Media Matters article, which is an insane rate of success if you're hoping to prohibit advertising content from appearing next to really disgusting posts. For one brand showcasing the article, one of its ads ran adjacent to a post two times. That ad was seen in that setting by only two users, one of which was the author of the Media Matters article. For another brand showcased in the article, two of the ads served adjacent to two posts three times. That ad was only seen in that setting by one user, the author of the Media Matters article. In other words, they totally created an account Just to manufacture a story that this is a thing that is happening all over Twitter when in fact it's happening because Media Matters basically gamed the system to achieve an end where they can then say to advertisers that if you're Honda, you're at risk of appearing next to a neo-Nazi post. Media Matters article highlights nine posts they believe should not be allowed on X. Upon evaluation, only one of the nine organic posts featured in the article violated our content policies. We've taken action on it under our freedom of speech not reach enforcement approach. So here's the summary. X will protect the public's rights free expression. We will not allow agenda-driven activists or even our own profits to deter our vision. Everyone has a choice on X. User and brand control on X is superior to a year ago and data wins over allegations. Media Matters does not reflect the user experience on X. So he is now filing this lawsuit against Media Matters, presumably for what he is going to accuse them of is, is some, some form of fraud, some legal form of fraud in an attempt to artificially interfere with business contract. The tortious interference with, with contract would probably be the, the basis of the lawsuit here. And this is part and parcel of a broader attempt to deplatform Musk from his own platform. This is why they were so angry when Twitter got taken away from Jack Dorsey. When Musk bought Twitter, at the expense of like $20 billion that is just down the toilet. I mean, the, the, Twitter is now worth maybe half of what it was when Musk bought it at the then going price. They're now attempting to essentially destroy Musk over all of this by claiming falsely that he is an anti-Semite. And again, you you have to consider the source. You have to consider the source. When you see people on MSNBC who are hot and bothered over Elon Musk's supposed anti-Semitism, and in the very next segment, they are having on some wild anti-Israel prognosticator accusing Israel of genocide and war crimes and making excuses for Hamas, you have to wonder what is the real agenda there. It doesn't feel like the real agenda has anything to do with Jew hatred per se. Okay, in just one second, We'll get to the actual latest news in Israel. The Houthis are ramping up their attacks from Yemen because, again, Iran is making all sorts of trouble in the region. First, with Thanksgiving just a few days away, I want to show some gratitude for some of the people on my team. Justin, who makes sure that the show is top quality. Savvy, who informs me of all the latest gossip, all the tea, as we like to say. Jake, for keeping me up to date on sports and speaking occasional American-accented Hebrew with me. Zach, for always laughing at my jokes and taking super awkward pictures and, uh, and also informing me of the latest in the Star Wars universe. Kelly, for being the world's best assistant, considering she literally has to tell me, I'm not kidding, when to take out the trash and when to pick up my kids. And Fabi, of course, for being an amazing makeup artist and also being literally willing to kill on my behalf. It takes an amazing team of people to make this show successful, just like it takes an amazing team to make any business successful. We found a lot of these people on ZipRecruiter and you can too. If you're hiring, you need to find the best people for your team. You need ZipRecruiter right now. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter uses smart technology to scan thousands of resumes to find the most qualified people for your job. ZipRecruiter lets the most qualified people know they are a great match and encourages them to apply. ZipRecruiter is trusted by millions. In fact, over 3.8 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. See for yourself why so many business owners and hiring managers are thankful for ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. I'd be super grateful if you could go to this exclusive web address right now and try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Well, meanwhile, the media continued to be really, really terrible at their jobs. This is particularly true on Israel, of course. They claimed yesterday was the biggest headline of the day that Israel was about to strike some sort of ceasefire deal with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Then they had to walk that back because it was denied by both Israel and the United States. It turned out not to be true, this giant pause. Now, the Biden administration is trying to push the idea that they're getting closer to a deal, but they really shouldn't be talking about anything. If a deal is about to happen, why exactly are you talking about any of that publicly? John Finer, who is the deputy national security advisor, he was saying on national TV they're getting closer to a deal. What does that even look like? Why is he talking about that? Like, this is not how negotiations typically work.
2: What is the state of negotiations as of this morning? Is there a deal imminent?
0: Uh, Thanks, Jake. So I think you heard uh, probably the Prime Minister of Qatar speak to this earlier today. Uh, They have been extremely close, uh, obviously, uh, to these negotiations, as we we have. Uh, The United States has been Uh, following this minute by minute, hour by hour, up to uh, the level of the president for whom this is a a major uh, overriding priority, uh, obviously, in part because there are a number of Americans who are in this horrific situation. What I can say uh, about this at this time is we think uh, that we are closer than we have been, uh, perhaps at any point uh, since these negotiations began weeks ago, uh, that there are areas of difference uh, and disagreement that have been narrowed, uh, if not uh, closed out entirely. Okay, so um, why is he talking about that publicly? Nobody really, really knows. Meanwhile, the Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Herzog, is like, we're not doing a ceasefire. Why would we do a ceasefire when we are literally attempting to track down our hostages in real time? And again, tape was released yesterday of the hostages being dragged into Al Shifa hospital. The tape is absolutely sickening. We showed it earlier on the show. And the fact that there's still people in the international media who believe that Israel has some sort of responsibility to Hamas under these circumstances is insane, absurd and disgusting. Prime Minister Netanyahu said a pause in combat is exactly what Hamas wants, so they can regroup. So I want to uh, distinguish between a pause for a few days in order to get hostages released and a ceasefire. The Prime Minister was referring to a ceasefire. We are against ceasefire because that would uh, allow Hamas to retain power, to regroup, to rearm, and strike again.
1: But it would be a ceasefire for a few days.
0: This is. uh, Is that
1: the difference? We're
0: we're talking about uh, pausing the fighting for a few days so we can get the hostages out. But also, it's not a ceasefire because we will continue to push against Hamas to dismantle their military infrastructure and their terror infrastructure. We're not going to stop that. Meanwhile, Iranian backed Houthis in Yemen have now seized a ship in the Red Sea. This stuff is really dangerous, because when you start endangering the, the world's choke points in terms of trade, that is a major problem. It led to the Suez Canal crisis of 1956, for example. The Straits of Hormuz are another example of a place where oil ships out, and if the Iranians were to make serious trouble over there, that'd be a real problem for the world economy. Folks who are isolationist on foreign policy seem to forget that there, there is, in fact, a globe. And on that globe, there are certain choke points in terms of trade. And when those choke points get owned by nefarious powers... Their prices at the grocery store go up. Their jobs may go away. Inflation hits. We have a very interconnected world economy. And the simple fact is that it does make a very large difference to you exactly who owns those choke points and how those choke points get run. So yesterday, a cargo ship partially owned by an Israeli business person was hijacked by Yemen's Houthi rebels in the Red Sea on Sunday. The cargo ship, the Bahamas flagged Galaxy Leader, was leased from a British company partially owned by an Israeli named Rami Ungar to a Japanese company. The ship left a port in Turkey. It was headed for India. It was sailing under the Bahamian flag. There are apparently 25 crew members of different nationalities, including Ukrainians, Bulgarians, Filipinos, and Mexicans. There are no Israelis on board. No crew members were injured, but it did receive minor damage. The prime minister's office condemned the seizure, highlighting the ship was not Israeli or owned by Israelis. The Houthis have been attempting, obviously, to attack the waters surrounding, surrounding the Persian Gulf. They've been attempting to create naval problems in these areas, that is Iran. That is obviously Iran. Now, all of this is contributing to a larger sense of Democratic panic. Why? Well, because the media are pushing this idea that unless Joe Biden swivels and becomes wildly anti-Israel, that he's going to lose the next election. I'd love to see the data that support the idea that if he swivels on behalf of Hamas, that suddenly he's going to win the election. Joe Biden is unpopular because Joe Biden is deeply unpopular. Brand new polling out yesterday shows that Joe Biden's approval rating is down to 40 percent. Strong majorities of all voters disapprove of his handling of foreign policy. Now, it does say that they also disapprove his handling of the Israel Hamas war. But what's weird about that particular question is that that means a bunch of people who are on the right, I mean, people who love Israel very often, a lot of those people disapprove of his handling of the Israel Hamas war. So but, but they do so from the right. So in other words, to suggest that everybody is mad at Biden because he's too pro-Israel is to ignore the reality, which is that by the same poll of all entities in the poll, ranging from Israel to Hamas, to Donald Trump, to Joe Biden, to the Republicans in Congress, the single most popular entity in the poll was actually the state of Israel. So it'd be very weird for, for example, Joe Biden to sort of abandon Israel in the face of all of that. Again, by the same poll that is showing Joe Biden unpopular, it shows that Israel has a plus 23 rating. Ukraine still has a plus 21 rating. And then you get to the politicians. Nikki Haley's at minus four. Mike Johnson's at minus nine. Donald Trump's at minus 16. Joe Biden's at minus 17. Palestine is at minus 18. Russia is at minus 74. And Hamas is at minus 80. So if the implication there is that Joe Biden is supposed to swivel on behalf of Hamas, I'm not sure exactly how you make that case, particularly this is something that Nate Silver, the the pollster, has pointed out. Nonetheless, Joe Biden is seeking to start to militate between two positions. This, for example, is why President Biden has now said that he's going to issue visa bans on quote-unquote Israeli extremists attacking Palestinians in the West Bank. Unclear exactly who he's talking about. Obviously, no criminal should enter the United States. So if somebody is committing a criminal act, Jew or not Jew, they should not be entering the United States, period, end of story. But the idea that there is like this vast criminal underclass in the West Bank that is pursuing extraordinary acts of violence is not actually told out by the data. There are some people who are doing that, and they should be arrested. The, the notion this is anywhere on par with a, a massive problem, that there are hundreds of thousands, 10,000, 10, 8,000, hundred people who are attempting to immigrate from Israel to the United States after conducting criminal activities against Arabs in the West Bank, like, those numbers don't exist. It, it, it's, it's a very weird take, and it's mostly directed toward public consumption at this point. Meanwhile, you can tell that the, the, the Democrats are deeply fearful of Biden. He's celebrating his 81st birthday. He clearly is not with it anymore. You can tell this because SNL is finally turning on Joe Biden, which is shocking, right? When, when SNL turns on Joe Biden, he's got a real problem because SNL, they have been massaging Biden. They've been massaging the Democrats literally for the last, basically since 2008, since Barack Obama became president. They've made it their permanent full-time job to massage Democrats. Now they're finally starting to knock Biden. That's it. That is bad news for him, obviously.
1: It's me, your old boy, Joe. Now let's get started. Uh, To keep things on the rails, I'm going to read from the teleprompter. Uh, Our great meeting with uh, President Roman numeral 11. Uh, Excuse me, President Xi. Uh, This meeting was a total win. Sure, we made agreements about communications, fentanyl, climate change, but most importantly, we got the thing America really needs right now. More pandas! All right, I'd like to open up to questions. First up, Wall Street Journal.
2: Uh, Thank you, Mr. President. China relations broke off this past year partly because you called President Xi a dictator?
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: But your summit last week saw remarkable strides in mending that relationship. Would you like to completely undo your accomplishment by calling him a dictator again?
1: I would. All right. Next question, LA Times. Thank you, Mr. President, and congratulations on your historic and productive summit. I have a question. You're old. Okay, all right. Uh, Not sure how that's a question, but... I mean, man, why can't we talk about things that are going well? Like the economy. We outpaced China for the first time in 40 years. Or how I created the most jobs since FDR, all right? Go ahead. Washington Post. Ask away. Mr. President, I'd like to ask you about the handling of the border crisis. Oh, good. Yay. All right. <laughs> the border. All right. I got to get something. Let me take the elevator real quick. Just one sec. <laughs> right, Sorry.
0: So, again, now that they're starting to mock him, it's pretty obvious that a lot of the Democratic base is unhappy with Joe Biden, the problem is ain't got anybody else lined up. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to, want to miss it. We'll be joined on the line by Axel Kaiser, who's an expert on Latin and South America. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us.